On your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, all the highlights from the AFL women's season launch as we speak with each and every AFLW captain. Also, we catch up with Kirby Fenwick to talk about her new documentary, First Friday in February. Plus, we chat with the Centre of Excellence Manager at the Sturt Football Club, Michael Higgs. That's all coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the fifth episode of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2018, our 96th podcast overall. It's great to have your company. And a friendly reminder, you can listen to this podcast as a radio program Wednesday evenings from 6pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time on RSN Carnival, digital radio in Melbourne and via the RSN Racing and Sport app. For all the latest women's footy news, check out our website girlsplayfooty.com and follow us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook. So we're finally here on the dawn of Season 2 of the AFL Women's Competition. It kicks off Friday night at Princess Park when Carlton hosts Collingwood in the, I guess, now traditional opener to the AFL Women's Season. Of course, games on Saturday, Melbourne hosting the GWS Giants at Casey Fields. Saturday night, the Adelaide Crows hosting the Brisbane Lions at Norwood Oval. And then on Sunday afternoon, almost a twilight game, you could call it, the Western Bulldogs hosting Fremantle at VU Witten Oval. This week we headed along to the launch of the AFL women's season and we caught up with all the captains to get their thoughts on the season ahead. First of all, we caught up with the captain of the Fremantle Dockers, Cara Donnellan. And for the Dockers, it hasn't been a great pre-season. They know they were missing Kirby Bentley through a knee injury. And unfortunately, it will be a delayed start for Kelly Gibson and also Kiara Bowers, who missed all of last year. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. Um, Kiara's done all the hard work in the off-season. Just got to tick a few more boxes with the medical staff. But she's looking really good at training. Um, Really positive. So can't wait to have her out there with us. You picked up into the squad the WAWFL best and fairest, Jodie White? Yeah, we did. She's been fantastic with her experience and, and her knowledge um, in the game. So, again, excited to see what she can bring on the AFL stage. Second chance for Stephanie Kane. Yes, uh, she's been amazing uh, this preseason and, and how I've seen her grow, grow in the short you know, um, couple of months. is It's been fantastic and she deserves this opportunity more than anyone and I uh, can't wait to... You know, obviously it's great to have Kano back, but can't wait to, to see what she can really bring to Frio this season. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Evangeline Gooch is impressing. Oh, another standout, which has flown under the radar. She's got a soccer background, so hasn't played too much footy in her time, but solid uh, down in defence and um, will be really critical for our back line um, and team defence this year. Play that we got to see in the US, Emily Maguire, a great Indigenous talent, and so clean picking up the ball one-handed as well. Oh, she's, yeah, raw talent, raw skills, um, incredible uh, set shot, you know, great hands. So, again, a young talent that's come through the WA pathway that gets her opportunity um, in AFL colours, and, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see how many goals she can kick this season. Just quickly on the US, you and Nicole Graves took a squad over called the Aussie Sparks over to California. Uh, first point, how did you find that experience checking out all the um, US universities over there and particularly the amount of money that they pour into their college sports system? Oh, their facilities are, yeah, a top level and, um, yeah, nothing like obviously we've got over here, unfortunately, but we, we will get there. Um, it was fantastic to see how they do things and how they go about their business over there and, um, yeah, oh, it's an incredible experience that obviously I've learned a lot from that I've brought back here and, um, yeah, shared a bit of my experience with the girls. You got to train with and coach against uh, some of the USA girls over there from the USAFL. How did you find that standard of football? They're pretty tough. Uh, they're, they're pretty fearless and um, obviously they've got gridiron as a background and, and many different sports. But, um, yeah, I was more than happy to stand on the sideline and help coach and not play. They're, they're pretty tough um, human beings over there. And, it's, it's again, it's great to see our game, you know, getting spread all the way over in the USA and... Um, it's just fantastic to see so many females over there playing. It was, uh, yeah, it was breathtaking. I couldn't believe how many people or how many females were playing over there. How far do you, away, do you think some of their stars might be away from, say, state league uh, level? Oh, I think 
you know, practice, as they, the old saying, practice makes perfect. Um, I think it's the education around the rules and the way to play the game, um, which will come with many years um, of experience from, from the older girls. And I suppose there are a lot of Aussies over there teaching the game, which is which is really good to give back. But, um, oh, who knows? You could you could probably go over there and pick a handful to come back and, and play with natural raw talent. It'd just be developing the, the game sense kind of thing to their game. I think the biggest crowd you played in front of last year, I think might have been about 10,000 at Fremantle Oval. Has there been much talk about the girls that, oh my God, we're going to be, as we've confirmed so far, 38,000 people plus at the New Perth Stadium? To be honest, within the playing group, there hasn't been any chat about it. We're, we've been focused on getting through the pre-season period and um, and obviously round one against the Bulldogs. Um, but obviously it's, it's fantastic that um, there are so many people that have bought tickets and that are going to come along to the game and hopefully be cheering for us. Um, great for AFLW and, and great for WA footy. So, yeah, it hasn't really been a, a talking point um, within the group. Um, no doubt next week it will be, but we need to control the nerves and, and get the job done at the end of the day. Well, we see on uh, Sunday a renewal in the rivalry. Will Ebony Antonio again go to Katie Brennan? Will we see that classic battle continue? I hope so. Uh, that's not up for me to decide. That's up to the coach. But oh, they're two fantastic athletes that um, I love sitting back and watching the battle. Um, God knows what will happen. But hopefully for our sake, yes, uh, that does happen. But again, I'll leave that up to the coaching panel and uh, they'll make that right decision. It's a mouth-watering midfield battle, isn't it? The, the likes of yourself and Dana Hooker going up against Ali Blackburn and Emma Carney. Yeah, a lot of experience um, in the Bulldogs camp and, um, you know, we've got similar. Uh, we've got a lot of young, raw talent coming through as well, which is exciting. And, um, again, everyone gets an opportunity to to see who's done all the hard work in the off-season and, and the pre-season and, and who can get the job done on the day. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for the battle, excited for the challenge and, and see what comes about it. That's Fremantle captain Cara Donnellan. We then caught up with the captain of the Brisbane Lions, Emma Zilke, and we asked her, was last year's grand final lost the fuel to get the team through this pre-season? Um, obviously, it's disappointing to lose a grand final, but it hasn't been fueling us. We've, con- we've got a 13 new girls in the squad, so we've got a new squad for 28. We've got new goals to achieve, and um, yeah, I think we're on track to do it. Obviously, with Taylor Harris going, you picked up Isabella Air in the exchange plus Nat Exxon. How does that change your forward structure? Um, it doesn't change too much because it's kind of like a replacement for a replacement. Uh, Bella Air's been on the track for the last few weeks now, and she's really impressing us. Um, she's taking those marks when she needs to, and she's got a great set of hands on her, so she's fitting into our forward structures perfectly. Almost another like for like. Unfortunately, Sam Virgo was out after she did her ACL in the grand final in the QWAFL. But you've got another quality Yoronga defender in uh, Renee Cowan coming in. Yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately for us, Sam's um, injured, but she's still around the, the club and giving um, us her full advice on everything. But, um, yeah, Renee Cowan will step in. And um, if she gets the call up, it's pretty hard to get a spot in our back line at this point. But if she gets the call up, you can expect some um, physicality from her because she's... Um, She's known for her physicality in the quaffle, so I'm um, really excited to see what Renee brings to the squad. And how much of a morale boost is it to have Jordan Zanchetta into the side? She should have been there in 2017, we all know. Unfortunately, she had an ACL, but now she's fit and ready to roll? Yeah, she is. Um, she's showing her sparks that she used to um, be like before her knee, so um, we're getting pretty excited by the fact that um, her and Batesy seem to um, team up quite well, so having them two um, playing off each other is going to be really vital for us, and um, Hopefully Geordie can get back to the level that we all know she can and she's um, tracking that way at the moment. So she, um, yeah, excited about her pulling on the uh, Lions colours. It's an intimidating start to the season, taking on Adelaide at their fortress, Norwood Oval. Yeah, it's intimidating, but we know we've done it before. Um, We played them round five, got the win just, but, um, yeah, their crowd is going to obviously be quite vocal and, um, you know, we've just got to really focus on what we're there to do and that's to win the game and, and hopefully we do. Also interesting to note out of the captains, they didn't try and uh, predict another Adelaide-Brisbane grand final. Are they underestimating you? Is it Victorian bias again? Yeah, it's a little bit Victorian biased again. Um, You just see no Brisbane or Adelaide, even though we both were the most successful. Um, It's obviously every club has improved in Victoria, but I still think Adelaide's um, the team to beat um, coming 2018. Is there an extra added amount of pressure for the Lions this year or next year to try and get a flag, knowing that the Gold Coast is coming in and that means at some stage you'll have to give up players and they're going to get draft concessions, etc.? It's not 
us in the back of our head going, oh, we've got to do it now because our players will leave. Um, you'd hope that our players would be loyal anyway but and want to stay with the Lions. But every year the goal is to win a, a premiership. And I think right now we've got the squad. If we didn't have it last year, we do have it now. And um, I think that's what our goal will be. And hopefully we're there on the last day of March and um, we can go one better. Personally, out of your fringe players on your list, who do you think's really stepped it up during this pre-season will have a better 2018? Um, I think Talia Randall's um, stepped it up in the last couple of weeks. Um, she she got roasted a little bit in our um, pre-season match, but she um, she really came through on the last third and fourth quarter. So um, she's been training well, and she, she could find her in the midfield group this year and um, give her a little bit of a free range doing what she wants she was a solid defender but um, I think she's more dangerous up the field so I think watch out for her. You're going to have a lot of height Adelaide when you take them on uh, they picked up Jess Allen that great under 18s recruit Rihanna Metcalf Sarah Allen as well do you think you're going to be able to combat that? Yeah definitely we've got um, we've proven that we have the best defence in the comp as of last year and um, we've got plenty of height and um, speed in our back line so I think we will have it covered um, they, the girls have just got to get their matchups right early and um, I think yeah we would have pretty much big confidence in our defence um, to sort that out. That's the Brisbane Lions captain Emma Zilke. We next caught up with the GWS captain Amanda Ferrugia. Now for the Giants they finished on the bottom of the table in 2017 but Amanda said they're looking to shake off that title and climb their way up the ladder. Yeah a different feel and they obviously had to be. We didn't have the season personally at the Giants that we wanted to. Um, we had to make a few changes and we've obviously done that in terms of our list um, also in terms of the coaching staff as well so we've put uh, all our cards on the table we're throwing everything at it, so hopefully our season is markedly improved compared to 2017. As we mentioned in our previews, it's like every footballer took a footy IQ test and you grabbed the most intelligent possible. Respected footballers, Tanya Hetherington, Alicia Eva, Maddie Boyd, Rebecca Privatelli, just to name a few on your list. Yeah, look, um, they're, well, they're wonderful players and brilliant talents, and the fact that they're excellent people as well um, uh, plays a really important part in what we're trying to build at the Giants. So we're very heavily focused on um, the culture at our club, and bringing in good people is a huge focus so um, they can play footy and they're great people then uh, we've got a winning combination. I know it was only a practice match and there's no four points to it but what does it mean to the morale of the side to have a 50 point win over a grand finalist? Yeah, it's important. Um, in terms of confidence going into the season, you want to know that the things that you've been working on for the last two months are actually working and uh, can have an effect. Um, so we're not taking too much out of it, but we th there were some positives. Um, we do have some confidence from it, but uh, the AFLW season proper is what we're really focusing on, and that's where we need to divert our attention uh, right now for round one. New coach in charge. We've spoken to him already in Alan McConnell. Um, how does his um, theories differ to Tim's? Yeah, Al has obviously got a lot of experience. 40 years in the game, it's going to obviously uh, send you in a very uh, different direction to somebody who is not coached as extensively as what Alan has. So um, with all due respect to Tim, Alan obviously just has more experience. Tim did a wonderful job. It's very, very hard um, putting together a team that's predominantly Sydney-based or New South Wales-based in an inaugural season because you didn't know really know what you needed in terms of building a team. Um, but Alan has a, uh, a really good structure that we're, we're starting to learn and um, we're finding fairly easy to implement. Um, he's also got a great belief in us as people as well as players and a um, We've, we're starting to understand that that's very crucial to building a wonderful team unit. And finally, just one last one. Emma Swanson did set out that practice game. Will she be fit and ready to go round one? Uh, she'll be close. I'm not quite sure where she's at in terms of her foot. Um, but she, uh, she's been working really, really hard in re rehab and she's definitely running again, so she's not too far off. Amanda Ferrugia, the GWS captain. Then it was time for an all-in press conference as we caught up with co-captain of the Adelaide Crows, Erin Phillips. Well, Aaron, you're the defending Premier. Does that carry extra pressure for the team this year? Uh, probably just more motivation and just to keep improving. I mean, it's uh, fantastic what we were able to do last season, but, you know, we're at 0 0 now and back at the start line. So, um, you know, we, while we don't forget what we did last year, it's, it's even slate now. So, just want to get that winning feeling back. Has there been a different approach at all to pre season this time around? Uh, no, I mean, we just build on what we've been doing last season. Um, you know, the, the groups, I feel like it's gotten a lot stronger. The, the roster's great. Um, but, yeah, we're just, every, everybody's trying to beat their own personal um, goals, uh, whether it's in the weight room or running or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. How are you feeling going into the season? Yeah, really excited. Um, in some ways, I feel like I've been waiting forever for the season to come back. And then, on the other hand, now it's already here. So, yeah, look, um, probably the first time I've had an off-season 
um, with any sport. So it's been really nice for me to get some downtime and yeah, just now focus on footy. Aaron, there. Without the Yeah, well, I had already um, obviously started changing, changing my training for footy, and um, you know there was I was going to see if I could even try to um, do both, and you know, and also be a mum as well, which is uh, you know a full-time job in itself. But uh, look, I, I'm really, really happy um, what I was able to do with basketball. But um, even more fortunate now that I've got a you know small window of opportunity to play some footy. So um, to have that only focus is is great. Erin, you said that you stronger is that the case yeah I've actually you know got a, a good pre-season in which uh, last year was had a quad injury so um, you know it's nice to you know feel fit and healthy and um, every every year um, you know that I get to do a pre-season is going to help changing an aerobic system uh, that I never had uh, by playing basketball so I just yeah I'm really really excited Erin, um, the captain survey four reckon Melbourne will be in the grand final. Three, the Blues. No love for the for the Crows as the defending champions. That's a bit of a slight, isn't it, from the, from the rival <laughs> captains? What's going uh, look, on? That, yeah, look, uh, that's that's okay. I think we were picked uh, to finish bottom, so keep tradition. Uh, hopefully, you know we can uh, surprise a few people like we did last year. Do you do you take note of that? Oh, not really. I mean, um, we've always been a team that kind of just worries about ourselves and take care of our own business, but. Um, yeah, look, every, everyone's going to have a have a pick, and um, if you're on us or not, it's all right. We'll uh, we'll keep fighting and hopefully be be there at the end. What are your thoughts on how games going to be played this year? What sort of tactics are we going to see from AFLW clubs? Yeah, look, I think the new rule with the um, last touch uh, will, will hopefully um, make the game a bit more free flowing and faster and stop that congestion. And I think AFL did a great job of um, surveying and trialling with the SANFL last season. So, you know. Just naturally with another season under the belt, players are going to come back um, fitter, you know, stronger, skill level's going to go up. And I think over years we're just going to keep seeing it continue to get better. And one less player as well, so oh, yeah. potentially so, yeah. less rotations. You know, for me who just adjusted to AFL, they put a uh, last touch rule and then took one player off. So it's not making life easier for the old girls, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I, I didn't. Um, I got rested for the trial match, so I didn't really get to experience it. But you know, look, it's it's only gonna, I think, um, clear it up by maybe four um, ball ups in a quarter, or maybe. So um, I'll let you know after round one. Erin, <laughs> uh, during the great period you lost from Kelly Gibson to Fremantle, who do you see stepping up to fill her shoes at Adelaide? Yeah, look, we've got a, a young, really nice players coming through. Ruth Wallace, um, EJ, they're both um, you know play at four. They're really, really dynamic young players who. Obviously, losing Kelly was, was big. She's a great player, but um, you know I think we've definitely um, did it, done a great job of filling that void, and, and hopefully these girls get a great opportunity to play some good football. Uh, taking on the Lions on Saturday night, they'll have a noticeably shorter lineup with Taylor Harris out of the team. Will you be having to adjust your back line to take on that? Um, good question. We haven't we haven't started talking about matchups yet or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll Wednesday night's our main session, and we'll, we'll obviously go over over that, but. Look, um, obviously now they're, you know, they're, they're, we're there with us in the grand final for a reason. They're a great team and I'm sure, you know, we'll be throwing different mixes and Adam and I expect them to do the same to us. Are you hoping for a lockout potentially on Saturday? Yeah, yeah I do hope for a lockout, but also, you know, I'm sad when people don't even get to come into the ground. So while I do hope it is locked out, um, you know, hopefully people get there early enough. Um, but yeah, really exciting. I think... Um, Norwood holds about 15 or 16,000 and I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll get that. There was so much excitement about the first season. How does the competition replicate or even build on that in the first season too? Yeah, look, um, you know, the, the girls are just going to keep improving and the quality of footy is just going to keep going up and I think AFL have done a, a great job of, you know, putting in a couple of new rules. Obviously the last touch rule, um, the new teams will come in next season. So, you know, slightly bit by bit, just kind of feeding us more excitement every year. And um, but yeah, I mean, a short seven seven week season, anything can happen. So I think that's um, you know, that's a great part of this this league. It's you know, anything's possible. You're listening to Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival, digital radio in Melbourne, and on the RSN Racing and Sport app. Also available as a podcast via Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. I'm Peter Holden. 
We caught up with Katie Brennan, captain of the Western Bulldogs, at the AFL Women's Season launch. Now, Katie had missed most of the 2017 AFLW season through an ankle injury. We asked her, was she fit and ready to go? And was it more excitement or relief that finally she'd be pulling back on the Bulldogs jumper? Um, Pete, I think it's, a, I guess, a bit of both. It's mostly excitement, though. Um, I think we finished the season probably not where we wanted to in terms of our own expectations of ourselves and, and going in um, to 2017, I guess, as one of the favourites of the competition. So we've got a new refreshing game plan. Uh, we've got some new personnel and um, we've got a lot of fire in the belly to sort of make amends and um, really take uh, 2018 to a whole new level. Talking about that uh, new recruits that you've got, obviously everyone's looking at draft pick number one, Isabel Huntington. We commented in the game against Ballarat. She was almost like a clone of you. She played a very similar style. Out of the matchup, who do you expect will probably play more deep and who will play further upfield? I don't know if I can give that one away, but I, I think it um, it just shows the versatility of our yeah. forward line that we've got some different structures that um, Izzy can play higher. And, and as we saw, that she's more than capable of um, playing that high half forward and, and then she's more than capable of sitting in the goal square and, and clunking one one or two or three and, and finding the goals. So um, it's pretty pretty great that we've got that flexibility in our team and, um, and I think that we've also got some really great additions of some small forwards that can find the footy but also deliver the footy into our forward line, um, which is one of the areas that we needed to improve on last year and getting those inside 50 or even inside 30 marks. Um, so... Yeah, we're really looking forward to what Izzy can bring, um, but also the likes of Mon Conti, um, Daria Bannister, um, even Jenna Bruton as well, another recruit, and Emma Mackey through through the midfield. Um, there's heaps of, again, versatility there, and, and all those girls can play um, any position, so it's, it's really exciting for us. One thing we mentioned during the Ballarat practice game in commentary, we said hashtag Asta's back. She seems to be moving with the same movement and freedom and almost like an, a, um, an arrogant confidence that she had four or five years ago when she was really dominating the VWFL back then. Yeah, I think uh, that Ballarat game was one of the best games that I've, I've seen Asta play in a, in a very long time as well. And she is, she's got, you know, this... Um, this level of wanting to, to prove that she still um, can match it at the highest level and she certainly can, she showed that but um, you know she will probably be our ruck for, for most of the competition but she's versatile enough now to roll through the back line and roll through the forward line so for us it's a, a massive advantage having Ast um, up and firing and um, what's been a pretty frustrating and injury ridicule you know three three years or so for her with or two years with her, her knee um, and a bit of a frustrating 2017 so yeah, it's um, it's exciting. We we love having her back, and we love her energy and her, I guess, intensity um, around the group and and during games. And I'm certainly glad that I'm in a Western Bulldogs jersey um, alongside her and not against her. Just quickly, uh, Emma Carney and Monique Conti fresh and ready to go because they've had a hectic summer. Monique Conti playing a three-game WNBL Grand Final series, and Emma Carney with a full-on WBBL schedule. Yeah, they are fit and, and raring to go. Um, you know, the loads have been um, managed well over the, the pre-season, having um, to play, you know, both of their sports. And um, both both those girls, both Mon and, and Emma, massive, um, I guess, keys and massive links to, to our group. And um, we can't wait to, to throw them in the mix. Obviously, they, they missed the practice match um, against Carlton last week. And... Um, and I just think that adding that that extra sort of Emma Carney-like excitement and the um, ability of, of Mon to get in and out of traffic and deliver into the forward line is just going to add a whole new dynamic to our team. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited about Feb 4 round one and hopefully there's a, a bit of a crowd down at Whitnoble. And one last one. You're looking forward to renewing your rivalry with Ebony Antonio when you take on Fremantle at Whitnoble on Sunday. Yeah, I certainly am. Um, I love playing against Epps. She's um, she's an absolute star. She's super athletic, and um, you would say that she's one of the best, if not the best, defender um, in in the AFL women. So I'm always up for a challenge, and um, hopefully the versatility of our forward line can, you know, um, bring a bit bit of a headache for Frio, not just um, what I bring to to the mix. It's what Izzy's going to bring, and and a lot of our small forwards too. And um, I'm sure if one person's locked down, that others will step up and, and play their role. Western Bulldogs captain Katie Brennan. Next, we caught up with Carlton Marquis player and now their new captain, 
Brianna Davey. Now, of course, Brianna had the honour of co-captaining the St Kilda Sharks through their 2017 VFLW season. But we asked her, how does she feel taking on the mantle now of being an AFLW captain? Yeah, look, um, I'm just super excited, to be honest. I'm ready to sort of take it with both hands. And um, for me, I've never um, seen being, I guess, in a leadership position as force. And for me, I'm, I won't, wouldn't go about it any differently as I have last season and stuff like that. So, um, you know, obviously I'll get around the girls and if they need me to lean on, I'm always there for them. And I know that they're there for me on the end, on, at the end of the day. So it's not, it doesn't make me feel too um, pressured or, um, I guess, too nervous. I'm just really excited to be able to lead such a great group out. You've got the big game, opening game against Collingwood at Icon Park. Have you had a chat to the likes of, say, Sophie Lee and Brodie Kennedy who've never experienced a crowd like this about how to calm the nerves early on? Um, I think the, the talk around that hasn't been too much yet. I know building up to the game in the next few days, there definitely will be talk around that. And um, I remember last um, year, most of the girls hadn't experienced a big crowd like that. So as soon as I heard um, there was going to be a lot of numbers out there, my first thing was just to grab the group in and just explain to them simple things like, girls, you will not hear each other. You're going to have to use your body language. You're going to have to, you know find different ways to communicate and I think that sort of helped us a little bit running out because the girls otherwise wouldn't have known what to expect so um, just yeah definitely those little messages I'll, I'll get to the girls who haven't quite experienced that yet. The media can throw around all the tips that we like but is there added pressure when your own peers your own captains think that Carlton will be there at the end of the day probably against Melbourne in the grand final? Um, look yeah I mean who, who said that? Uh, yeah, the captains have voted. Uh, four believe Melbourne will make oh, the grand okay. final. Three yep. believe Carlton will make it. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. So, um, I mean, no, nah, I don't think there's anything added. Or, I mean, that's that's great to hear. And, um, it's probably cool that um, some teams maybe think um, we're going to be a challenge and to come up against. But um, at the same time, we're going to sort of take it week by week. And it sounds very cliche and a bit boring, but it's true. We'll, um, we'll go week by week and um, we'll just obviously attack each challenge as it comes. And obviously the first challenge being round one against Collingwood. Obviously, the most high-profile recruit that you got was Taylor Harris during the off-season. We saw a bit of her in the practice game. Big early goal from 55 out. Later on, did some roving around the ground. What's the thinking with her? You're going to play her such as a high centre-half forward or playing her deep out of the goal square? Look, I think that's the thing. Take a play either position and, you know, if, if on any given day could rip the game apart. And um, So I think you'll see... You might see a bit of Tay, you know, a bit of everywhere. Um, so, obviously, um, being... A great mark and a big kick though um, you probably see her around the forward line a fair bit um, like she has in the past but again she could end up anywhere because she's quite a versatile player we mentioned earlier about Sophie Lee I think originally on New South Wales now to South Australia how's she settling into life in Melbourne yeah Sophie's great um, she's just a great person and a great you know on field she's absolutely killing it I think she's had a strong se- uh, pre-season so hopefully we'll take that into um, into the into the actual season and yeah look I think I think Sophie um, has you know a good couple of years of footy ahead of her and I um, I'm really excited to see her play. With Nicola Stevens now on the side being recruited across from Collingwood, she traditionally will run off something like a half back. Is this going to free you up for more time in the midfield? Um, look, not too sure at this point. I mean, at the moment, um, I'll, it, it will look like I'll predominantly play probably in the back. Um, and, you know, obviously at times when they need me, I'll run through hopefully up, a bit further up the field. But um, at the same time, I think, you know, Nick's got a, a fair bit of versatility about her and I guess in a way so do I. So um, we could find you could find either of us elsewhere or, you know, wherever it is, Nick on the half back and me I'm further up or whatever it is. So um, it's it's exciting that we've got that sort of depth in the squad to be able to do that. See if it's Jess Hosking was missing from the practice game at Ballarat. Will she be right for round one? Um, yeah, no, as, as far as I know, um, we're all, we've got a pretty fit and healthy list, so um, we should be right to go. I think a couple of those girls just had a few nigglies here and there and they sort of had to um, have a bit of, be on the ice and have a bit of a rest for that game. And um, But no, otherwise, uh, fit and healthy list, so it's exciting. Uh, obviously, the thing that happened during the off-season was the VFLW has changed. The community clubs are now out. Fortunately, your St Kilda Sharks will no longer be at that level. We believe that you'll probably run around with the Northern Blues. Does that give you, I guess, a different uh, outlook on life, that you're not going back to a community club? You're now essentially a blue for life. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit different. I mean, I'm always going to miss um, where I've sort of 
I guess, originated from, which is the St Kilda Sharks. Um, they were a great club um, to me and to many of the other girls. So um, we'll miss them. I'll miss them a lot, and I'll hopefully try to stay involved with them to some extent. But in saying that, um, it's really cool to know that we're going to be in, I guess, an elite setup all year round now. Um, and I think that's sort of the way footy, women's footy had to go. And unfortunately, you know, um, losing a couple of those old local teams that have been around for years in the process um, was something that probably was going to happen sooner rather or sooner or later, basically. Um, so again, although it's sad, it's sad, and um, it was sort of a bit of a weird feeling playing that last game last year. Um, it's also very exciting at the same time. Brianna Davy, Carlton Blues captain. Now, unfortunately, we couldn't get a one-on-one interview with Stephanie Kiyochi simply because we just ran out of time at the captain's media call. However, here's a piece of audio from the Collingwood Football Club website with Stephanie Kiyochi talking about the AFLW season launch. Yeah, it was an early start for most of us. Obviously, I had to get here and get our hair and makeup done, which is always fun as a footballer. But uh, down here in Footscray, great venue, um, great vibe, lots and lots of people in the room, keys key stakeholders, um, sponsors and obviously key people in AFL and the AFL women's and um, it was great to you know brush shoulders with the captains, have a bit of a chat about how they're going. Um, we obviously went on stage, got presented and we got to present somebody that um, inspires us or who we inspire. Um, so I brought my best friend Renee which I really enjoyed and sharing that moment with her and yeah, it was, it was a lovely way to sort of kick off the season and how here we are doing some media down on the lovely Oval and yeah, it's been a really good day. Yeah, not too nervous yet. Uh, got, a, got a little bit uh, little bit of time now before the, uh, the event, but I think it's really important that we instill some calmness across the group. I think last year being that it was round one and the first ever game um, for AFL women's took its toll on the night. Um, it was a great event, obviously, but we didn't take away the points at the end of the day. So just trying to keep the girls calm this year and focused. And, you know, it's just a, another game of footy and um, just so happens to be the, the one that kicks off the season. So uh, we know that round one's worth just as same amount of points as round four and five and six and those sorts of things. So just trying to keep calm and, and focused and, yeah, looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, look, they've got talent all across the field. You know, if it's not their forward line with Darcy, it's their back line with Bree Davy running through. So, um, you know, we've got to, got to focus on a few of those girls and, um, you know, Nick's obviously fitting in really nicely down there from all accounts. So, um, look, they're, they're talented. Um, I'm sure they've had a really big pre-season, but we're prepared and we'll go in there with a plan and I'm pretty confident that we can get the job done. Stephanie Kiochi, Collingwood Magpies captain. Finally, we caught up with possibly the biggest name in AFLW, Daisy Pierce. She's captain of the Melbourne Demons. Here was her all-in press conference. Daisy, you must be pretty excited. Yeah, very excited. Um, kind of felt like ever since we were bumped out of the comp in that last round that I've just been waiting for this day to come back or this week to arrive. So, yeah, glad to be here and ready to get going. Has that been something that has really driven the group this summer? Oh, absolutely. It was a bit of an eerie and disappointing way to finish up to win by, I think we nearly won by 10 goals and then less than 24 hours later you're bitterly disappointed. So I guess that's the, it was footy in some ways, the highs and lows of it. But, um, yeah, I, I think it was, it gave us a taste of what we, the level that we can get to and, and you know, that our best is And what, in terms, in terms of that, in terms of the disappointment, what did last season tell you? What did it teach you and, and the team? Do you think? Uh, a lot of lessons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a big learning curve in general, I think, just for all of us as a team and individually. But I think the biggest thing we've been able to achieve in the last ten months is just getting a better understanding of each other as teammates and um, just time. I mean, everyone I think felt that being thrown together, the 27 new players on, you know, a few months out from the first time we've ever played in an elite competition it was you know a very condensed way to bring together a footy team so I think every club will be in a better position just having had that time and working out you know how to run your program how to best prepare yourself as a player I think just time and more experience with yep. all the added distractions at this level have been um, really important. Yeah, the do you want to... like them? Obviously as you said you've waited 10 months Get to training. <laughs> yeah, training tonight. A uh, bit of a gym session Wednesday. Training Thursday will be our main session for the week. Friday off. Not sure if I'll watch the game or not. Try not to overdo the, you know, emotional emotion levels between now and Saturday night. Just playing footy for a long time. Do you still get nervous? Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, very nervous. I was nervous in the practice match a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I think that's just a part of it and just, just help what, what helps motivate you and get you to the line is just not looking at those nerves as a negative thing, trying to turn them into to motivation and excitement to go out there and play what is the best but hardest game in the world. You're a popular, so you're a popular, yeah, you're a popular pick to improve this season and four of the captains have got you as a grand finalist. What's your reaction to all that? You know, sort of the, I guess, the, the opinion around the traps about the Ds this year? Um, oh, it's different from last year and it's a bit of a cliche, but try not to pay too much attention to it because mm. we're so aware, um, I mean, I know we've improved. You can feel that this group's in a different position to what it was 12 months ago. It's almost like a completely different team, but I'm well aware that every team would be feeling that exact same thing, I think, with the improvement that's happened internally and the quality of players that we've now been able to bring in and that experience I spoke of. So whilst we feel like we're in, we've improved and the way we finished off the season was really positive, mm. um, yeah, we'd be silly to think that other clubs weren't thinking mm. the same thing. So uh, you just got to put in in as much work as you can and, and hope that that's enough, I suppose. I guess last season, because it was so new and, as you said, it got thrown together quickly, there was a lot of unpredictability about it. Do you see more predictability in the second season or do you think it's still it's pretty fluid and dynamic and no-one can really tell what's going to happen? Oh, obviously, you got a little bit more of an understanding of it, mm. things like how the 16-a-side would affect the game style and and the types of players that you wanted to recruit and put them in which positions yep. with, with 16 aside and the pace of the competition, things like that you've got more of a handle on. So mm. from that perspective, there, there's more predictability. But I think with the trajectory that the competition's improving, um, it's really hard to get a hold on on who's going to be where mm. as individuals and as teams because it will all come down to how much clubs and teams have, have developed in this time. Daisy, do you think uh, Mick Stanier will have a sense of occasion on Saturday and put Irish woman against Irish woman, Laura Jurea onto Cora Stanton? No, I don't think so. I think with the way modern footy's heading, there aren't really those one-on-one matchups necessarily. It's more about team defence and, you know, our back five, I nearly said six, but our back five set up in a way that is more about ground positioning than it, than it will be about individual matchups. But I'm sure if those two line up on each other, it'll be fiery uh, and a few expletives if our Irish girl's anything to go by. <laughs> How did you find the last touch ball in that trial game? Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. Um, I was a bit sceptical at the start being a midfielder and enjoying stoppages for two reasons. One, a little bit of a breather and <laughs> um, the second being that I, it, it's you know one of the strengths of my game. I thought it might take away a bit of that, but I think they're predicting that they might only, it might only change five or six, you know, passages of play a game, so didn't notice it too much. I think the umpires were still working on what their signal for last touch was going to be, so yeah, I saw you that, was, yeah, that was a little bit confusing, but um, I'm sure they've got that ironed out, ready for Friday night, but other than that, yeah, I think it's, it's good. It, um, I love the tactical side of the game, so it just adds another thing that you can think about and, you know, an opportunity to set up maybe some set plays from those free kicks. So we see people coming back into the yeah, I think it gives you an opportunity to do that. It's a bit of time to open up the ground and it's in clear possession rather than from a pressured stoppage situation. So I think that's the idea of it is to get the game moving a bit more and open it up and see more scoring, which from the practice matches, whether it was a result of the last touch out of bounds rule or just more time and skill over the last 10 months, who knows? But um, yeah, it certainly was a bit higher scoring and faster paced. And your inspirational guest, do you mind telling us? Yeah, so I brought Julia Kiera, who um, I first met. She came down to play at Darabin in her mid-20s, having not played much competitive sport in her life. She just loved the game a lot. But, yeah, just her willingness to learn and, you know, confront her weaknesses, I suppose, as a player head-on have been really inspiring, just the way she's approached that. But she's also a great leader, really intelligent, always willing to give back to the club. She's volunteered as a president. Um, and done some great work for Darabin, which has been a, a powerful club for a long time in the VFL. And um, in the last 12 months, she's had the biggest battle on her hands. She um, was diagnosed with cancer and just the way she handled that, continued to give, um, continued to be a wonderful mother. She's just been inspiring in, in the last, you know, for, for as long as I've known her, but particularly in the last 12 months. Betsy, one noticeable thing out of the practice match was the Melbourne players are looking leaner and meaner this year. Can you guide us through the strength and conditioning program you've been put through in the pre-season? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been pretty tough. Um, I think, again, our strength and conditioning staff sort of 
got a better understanding of um, what the game demanded, where we were at, what they could ask of us, you know, where our limit was that they could take us to, I suppose. I think heading into last year, there was a bit of unknown about how hard do you push. Um, you've got a list of 27 girls that are coming from a pretty low base. You can't afford to push them too hard. Striking that balance between, you know, getting getting us fit but not overdoing it was really tricky because you want to make sure that you keep as many players healthy and on the park as you can. But with more time at this level, um, more data on AFL women's, you kind of know what areas to hit. So I guess it's been more focused, more targeted. Um, and yeah, we're, as players, <laughs> I think the the season and playing having that experience last year makes you realise the stakes and, and you know the opportunity that's at hand and how much we want it and again the awareness of all the players that are coming in underneath us with that young talent you kind of got to keep looking over your shoulder and making sure that you you're trying to get fitter and faster yourself so I think for me it's my off season was a big focus on trying to develop a bit a few more gears a bit more power and you know change of pace because that's what this this game 16 aside elite competition kind of demands at VFL level for the last 13 years I've kind of tracked around in a bit of a one pace <laughs> third gear but yeah this comp demands that you get in and get out pretty pretty quickly and run at a higher intensity so that's been my focus but certainly across the board we're in a lot better shape than last year. And uh, Tegan Cunningham recruit from the WNBL that you picked up looked comfortable in that game with three goals and looks like a new forward target for you. Yeah, Teagues has been great, not just with her um, impact on field, but bringing across that experience from her basketball career. She's an older player, but she's she's still got a you know um, enthusiasm about her because she's learning a new sport. So um, she's been great for our group. Uh, everyone really is drawn to her, and what she's been able to do on the field has been really impressive. Um, just that awareness, when to come forward, reading the ball in in flight I think is her, are her real skills but a real team orientated player too so she knows what her role is and seemed to be able to play it pretty well on um, a couple of weekends ago so hopefully she keeps developing and we can keep getting it to her and the rest works out. Just one last one unfortunately Ainsley Kemp did an ACL during the pre-season has there been any word on who's been upgraded from the rookie list to replace her? Um, I haven't heard as yet uh, Kempy was flying so it's disappointing for her she was one of those players that um yeah, the, the last 12 months have been huge for her. She um, has always been a talented player, but probably struggled with the step up mentally and emotionally to the demands, the pressure of this comp last year. But she put in a lot of work and was absolutely flying. So it was disappointing to see her go down, but no doubt um, it'll only make her better when she, she gets back out there with us next year. But yeah, haven't heard who the elevation has been yet. And, um, Better not make any predictions and announce it for us. <laughs> That's Daisy Pierce, captain of the Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to Girls Play Footy. I'm Peter Holden. We're just counting down the sleeps now to the start of the AFLW season when, again, on the first Friday in February, it all starts. And again, it's Carlton and Collingwood and again at Princess Park. So we're going to try and capture the memories of what happened last year. And we're doing that through a fantastic audio documentary that's been created by Girls Play Footy's own Kirby Fenwick. She started up her own website, firstfridayinfebruary.com. It's an audio documentary that goes for about an hour and 15 minutes. It is tremendous. Here's a little snippet of it. It felt like something that my heart and my brain had wanted for so long. I truly didn't believe I would ever see it. It was it was bigger than football. I think it finally hit me that the ball's being tossed for the first game. There is no going back now. It's before AFLW, after AFLW. It's a new era in our great game. I remember the roar of the crowd. They just took my breath away. It was incredible. I remember it being so jam-packed that I was worried I wouldn't get in. It was even, even that early. And I knew I was going to go the next day to see the Bulldogs first match, but I wanted to see this one so, so much. It was special. And the official word from the AFL, we have a lockout. It is a lockout at Princess Park. So you've heard that little teaser. Let's speak to the woman herself that was behind this wonderful audio documentary, Kirby Fenwick. Kirby, thanks for joining us here at Girls Play Footy. Now, how did the idea come about to do this audio documentary on the first ever AFLW match. 
quite an involved story, actually. It, I, I think the seeds for this project were sown in January last year before the season even started. I was reading Play On, The Hidden History of Women's Australian Rules Football, which uh, was written by Brunette Linkich and Rob Hess. And I was really struck by how much of the history of, of women's football I just didn't know. Um, you know, all these stories about these games in 1915 in Perth and in 1918 in Ballarat and stories about um, a Footscray women's team in the 50s that was coached by Charlie Sutton and, and Teddy Whitten. All this history that I had no idea about. And then after the season, I was put in contact with Brunette by a mutual friend of ours. And it was just through email conversations with her that the idea about recording that first game in in some way sort of came up. And and I sort of struck on this idea of the oral history of capturing the stories of, of women who were there. And and. And we went from there, and here we are, a few months down the track with an with an audio documentary. So, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's been a really it's been a really wonderful process, and and probably one of the best experiences of of my life, to be honest. Now we know for the Girls Play Footy website, you did a series where you talked about being in the crowd and what each experience was for the doggies games. We know Carlton Collingwood was a lockout. Were you one of the twenty five thousand that got in? I absolutely was. I was there probably a good hour before the game started, maybe even a little bit more. Um, There was no way I was going to miss that game. (laughs) And that experience being inside the ground, I mean, I know you've you've obviously spoken to a lot of women. We'll touch on that in a moment. But for yourself personally, could you sense that something was happening an hour away from the first bounce, that this was going to be a lockout, this was going to be something very special? I don't think I had any idea that it would be a lockout. I I felt like I knew it was something special. I knew it was a really significant night for a lot of reasons. Uh, for me personally, in a broader a broader context for the community and for, for football, I had no idea it was going to be a lockout. I had a feeling that it would be popular. You know, we had the venue change from Olympic Park to Icon Park. There were thousands and thousands of people that had tipped yes I'm going on on the Facebook event and so I I guess I had a feeling that it was it was going to be um, something special but I had no idea that the gates would be locked and we would have a packed stadium and thousands of people waiting outside I, I, I had no idea that was going to happen but it did and it was I think it really it made it more you know it made it so much bigger and more significant and has built this real this real legend around this game now. Now, obviously, the interviews for your audio documentary were not recorded on the night. It was obviously quite some time later. So how did that come about, the process of trying to find those that not only went to the game, uh, but also that they're able to recall in vivid memory what happened that night? Yeah, I put a call out just on on Twitter and Facebook and reached out to a few a few people that um, that I thought would make for interesting uh, storytellers for the project, and I was really inundated with interest. Um, so many women wanted to talk about that night, and I, I think that really speaks to the significance of it and what it meant uh, for the women that were there. So yeah, that's that's how it came about. And then over the course of a few months, towards the end of last year, I, I ended up doing forty interviews, and uh, it it was just such a wonderful experience chatting to these women about that game and about football and and their relationship with football. And I I, th- I could have continued doing the interviews for the rest of the time, but I had to stop at some point so I could actually start putting these stories together. I'm interested to know as well, uh, I don't know if you asked that question, but do you know what the breakdown was of uh, out of those 40 women, of those who supported Carlton, those who supported Collingwood, and those that were just general neutral supporters that wanted to be there for the occasion? It's probably, excuse me, it's probably about half-half. Um, maybe maybe sort of swinging more to the neutral supporter. There were definitely, I definitely did chat to a couple of Carlton and Collingwood supporters, but I think even for them, they they felt like it was bigger, you know. It was it was more than just Carlton and Collingwood. It was it was bigger than just those two teams. 
but most, I think most of the women that I spoke to, yeah, were, were probably more in the neutral category, uh, not not barraging for either team, just barraging for footy. And with that, um, did they describe, were they just going along as themselves? Were, did we see many going along with partners? Was it more families that were going along to this game and talking about the experience of wanting to share it with their sons or daughters? There was kind of a mix. And, and what I got from speaking to the women and from my own sort of experience of being there, that the crowd was, it wasn't really a diverse crowd. I mean, we know that... Um, you know, AFL crowds in general, so AFL M games are, are pretty evenly split between um, between men and women. But there there were definitely more women in this crowd, and that that's something that's backed up by by the women that I spoke to. They felt like there was a lot more women in the crowd, and a lot more families and kids, and there was a just a real feeling of inclusivity in that crowd. It, it felt really welcoming and open. And that's something that came through in the interviews, absolutely. A lot of women felt that um, there was just something special about that crowd. Well, Kirby, thank you very much for joining us here at Girls Play Footy. And uh, we wish you all the very best with this audio documentary. We hope there's plenty of downloads. And for you personally, we hope that your doggies do well this year. (laughs) Thanks very much, Pete. Much appreciated. Now, if you want to download that audio documentary, just simply head along to firstfridayinfebruary.com. That website address, again, it's all one word, firstfridayinfebruary.com. The Sanford Women's Competition kicks off this weekend. It runs parallel with the AFLW competition. The opening game is on Friday night, 6.30pm local time, when South Adelaide hosts Glenelg. West Adelaide hosts Sturt on Saturday at 1pm and Norwood hosts North Adelaide at 2.10pm. That game being a curtain raiser to the Adelaide Crows-Brisbane Lions match. Joining us on the line now is the Centre of Excellence Manager at the Sturt Football Club. His name is Michael Hicks. Michael, thank you very much for joining us here at Girls Play Footy. How does it feel to be on the verge of a new season for Sturt, you're a brand new club, an expansion club in this Sandfall women's competition. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting for the footy club. Um, you know, first year into the into the league system. Um, you know, it, it's the best thing for us as we can now have our junior girls um, somewhere to aim and strive for and play for the Sturt Footy Club rather than perhaps having to go off to a, to a different club. So, that's, you know, that's the best thing for us. We're really happy that we can now give everyone in our zone and a chance to play footy, both the males and the females. Let's take a step back to the middle of last year. Um, yourselves in South Adelaide were awarded expansion licences to join the Sandfield Women's Competition. From that date, what plans were put in place and how did it evolve to get to the squad that you now have today? Uh, so we got given guidelines by the Sandfield to other players were, I guess, getting distributed. Um, obviously, with two extra sides coming in with the, the four original sides last year, they didn't want them just to be all new players uh, to the competition, so they got dispersed out by the other teams. So the other the four existing sides got to pick eight um, of the players from the from the previous year that they wanted to priority list, and they would become um, their footballers as long as those those girls were happy to play them. Um, and then the next best forty seven got put into a list. So the sample told us the next best forty seven players, and there was a mini draft from there. And so that was sort of how we, we got our early players. We were quite lucky that four of the West Adelaide's priority picks um, didn't want to play there and they chose to play the Sturt. So it was sort of four extra players that we got early in the season. So that was a bit of a bonus for us. And then we went to the mini draft and picked up 11 or 12 girls there. Um, and then from the so South picked up a few and then West um, got a few priority picks because they lost a few of their priority players to us. And, and then so there was the remainder and every other girl in the state was then up for grabs for you to sign. So we signed a few with the other 47. And, and then the majority of the, the rest of our girls came from our under-17 statewide super um, competition. So about a third of our girls, um, our senior girls, are from our under-17 program last year. So you know, it's pretty exciting for us that they've now got the opportunity to play with uh, or to play league footy. 
As you mentioned, there's been junior girls now for a couple of years in the Sandfall system, originally starting off with what was the 14s and 16s competition. I believe that they're selected on a zone basis. So for the Sturt Football Club, uh, what part of South Australia and Adelaide do you cover and where do your players traditionally come from? Uh, yeah, so our zone is, I guess, around the Unley area. So in the, in the metro, our clubs are Unley um, and Glenunga. Um, so that, that's sort of our main pickup area. Then we go down through the Hills Football League. Um, so we've, Blackwood's just come into our zone. We get the whole Hills Football League, so all the clubs now. And um, obviously, it depends on where you live. So not everyone who plays for a certain club is just based on where you live, not which club you play for. Um, and then down to Murray Bridge is our is our zone. So we're quite lucky. Our, our zone's all in one stretch. There's no gap. Um, where some other clubs have like a metro zone. And then, you know, two or three hours away is their country zone. So we're a pretty lucky club with with, uh, with our, our zone as they come together. And with that zoning system, uh, what's the communication like between you and the community clubs at that level to ensure you're getting the information about players you need to be keeping an eye on that are coming up to the system that you should be considering? Yeah, so the boys and the girls are a little bit different just because the boys have been around for, been around for such a long time now. And so we just sort of contact the, the, the league and the clubs and they nominate their best players. And we then invite them out and they trial for Sturt. And, and then anyone else, you, you know, we often get lots of phone calls and that from, from parents or other people saying, look, my son, you know, is good enough. And, and then we invite them out. This year for the girls, we did the same for um, the girls. We just went straight to the, the women's clubs and, and said, look, invite everyone out. You know, we want to see anyone who ever wants to come out. Um, rather than it being a bit more invite only from the clubs, just because it was a bit newer, um, and we also asked a few clubs outside of our zone, which is not what we would normally do, and um, because the girls obviously have further to travel, being you know having not so many clubs around at the moment, and um, so we just asked them, and, and then you know it's the same with, with the boys. If, if we get anyone who's you know playing for one of you know Mount Barker, let's say, who's you know in the middle of the in the middle of the stir zone. Um, but they actually live in the West Adelaide zone. We then just pass over their details to Westies and they get invited over there. So, you know, the main aim is everyone gets the opportunity to play. At an elite level, it doesn't matter, you know, which club it is. Having a look at some of the players that you did pick up, obviously the um, the big highlight signing was 34-year-old Jess Foley, a former Adelaide Lightning star. How has she transitioned from basketball to football? Uh, brilliant. So we were very happy uh, to get Jess. It's, uh, it was a brilliant pick up for us. Like I said, a lot of our girls are, you know, are under 17 or under 18 this year. And, and you know, she's been in, a, in an elite sport. She's been a professional. And, and it just shows she's, you know, she's so much better prepared um, than everyone else. And so it gives everyone the opportunity to see, wow, this is what I, what I need to be and what I, you know, what I need to do. You know, so I can, you know, for them to hopefully make their way into the AFLW at some stage. So she's been fantastic. Um, and then her basketball, her, her, her vision um, inside the inside a stoppage to get the ball to the outside is fantastic, which, uh, which comes from her basketball. Which, uh, she, she's been a brilliant pick up for us and uh, hopefully we'll see that in the next few games as well. And uh, partner of Sturt's McGarry medalist, Zane Kirkwood, uh, Brooke Chaplin has also signed on for the Double Blues. Yes, she has, and she's been pretty out of training as well. And um, you know, she's been training really well. Looks like she'll probably get a good run through the midfield. I think she's been a, you know, a bit of a leader on the track, and um, works really hard. So a good pick, and uh, makes good decisions. I think she's been watching Zane a little bit, and um, and definitely about third out. You know, our league have their you know their game plan, and all the boys follow that. And the same with the women's. All the girls follow the same program. Obviously. It, gets changed a little bit with the girls because we had only a 16 on the field instead of 18 but the philosophy stays pretty much the same the whole way through so I think she's picked up a little bit of that um, by watching Zane and hearing him talking in the home and probably with the other boys Similar to the AFL men's system now with AFL women's, the focus is now beginning to turn to the 17-year-olds that will become 18 by 2019 uh, and obviously be the early draft picks for the next uh, AFLW season. Uh, out of the 17-year-olds that have come through the system at Sturt, who's been impressing you the most? Um, so from our understanding Last year, with top age, we didn't have too many under 17s. A lot of our junior girls are actually under 16 this year, um, so they were, they were 16 year olds last year. But we've got Maya Rigger who's been training brilliantly, and uh, 
should be close to getting a, a Finally, what does it mean for the uh, Sturt women's side to be running out uh, on Saturday onto uh, Norwood Oval, being, I guess, one of the curtain raises to the AFLW grand final rematch of the Crows and the Lions this Saturday night? Uh, yeah, so the girls are just excited. You know, they're, they're so excited to, to just be playing footy, I think. And then to be a, a Norwood Oval game, you know, at a, at a sample W level as well is, is, is an exciting prospect for them. It'll just be about holding the nerves, I think, and uh, in making sure they enjoy the day and not getting overawed for it because a lot of them, it'll be, their, it'll be their first game. We're lucky that we've got a few girls who played last year. And so, you know, that experience, hopefully they'll be able to pass on to the girls that day and, and make it a good day for the girls and then for the club. Well, Michael, thank you very much for joining us here at Girls Play Footy and we wish you all the very best throughout your inaugural Sanford Women's Season. No worries. Thank you very much. For full competition details about the Sanford Women's Competition, go to sanfl.com.au. I'm Peter Holton. Almost time for me to get on out of here, but a friendly reminder, if you want to learn more about the AFL Women's Teams, we've done a team-by-team preview at our website, girlsplayfooty.com. We've also given our thoughts on the top 50 AFLW footballers. That and a whole heap more girlsplayfooty.com and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Until next week, I've been Peter Holden. It's been great having your company and it's bye for now.